Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Leviticus 14 and 15. So today we are hitting the midpoint of the book of Leviticus. And so for it's good for us to step back and remember what's going on here. What is this about before we dive into another day of the process for cleansing lepers and leprous houses and what kind of discharges make you unclean? Uh, let's step back and remember why is this here? Going back to the beginning of the book, we highlighted how there's a couple questions this book is going to answer. How do you approach God? Even going back to the beginning, we we think of the layout of the tabernacle itself uh, and that we or the people of Israel are approaching God. The presence of God rests even in this most holy place. How do you get there? And we see, well, it starts, the first thing in that uh, courtyard is the altar for sacrifices. And we learned about the sacrifices. So how do you approach God? And, And then how do you walk with God? God's presence dwelt among the nation of Israel. What did the nation need to do for God to dwell with them? And one thing that we are seeing is, well, part of the answer to both of those questions, you got to be clean. God can't be with what is unclean. And before you start thinking, man, God sounds kind of strict, hold your horses. Do you want to be around what's unclean? Uh, I mean, let's just imagine, you know, one of you, one of your kids, you know, what's the bed? You just want to, do you want to go sleep in that bed? No, you don't, right? Because you don't want to go and lay down. You don't want to rest in what is unclean. God will not rest with what is unclean. He, he needs cleanness just like you do. And not really just like you do, more so than you do. If you think you want things to be clean, right? God needs things to be clean because he is holy. And that's part of the other theme we will see in this book is is of holiness and how that is required. So hopefully that gives us some context for what we read today. And we're going to kind of go through just some of the material quickly to come back and think through some broader things uh, related to our reading today. So we pick up right with leprosy again. And there was the whole protocol yesterday for what what do you do with someone that appears like they have leprosy. And, and today we see this is the protocol for when somebody is cleansed of leprosy. And you will see what's involved here. There is a sacrifice involved. And even there's this interesting part of what happens where there's two birds and you kill one of the birds. And then verse six, he shall take the live bird with the cedar wood and the scarlet yarn and the hyssop and dip them and the live bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over the fresh water. So there's this thing where you've got two birds, one of them dies and and the other one is dipped in that blood, but then is set free. And it doesn't take much to start to see, wow, there's some amazing imagery there that one of these birds has to die for the other one to go free, really through the blood of the bird that was slain. Hmm. 
Is that making us think of anything? Is there any way you can go free through the blood of someone else that was slain? And so we see the law for cleansing people. Uh, There's a connection even to the priests. Remember how the priest, uh, some of the blood would be put on the lobe of their right ear and the thumb of their right hand and the big toe of their right foot. They want to hear God's word. They want to do God's work. They want to walk in God's way. The same thing now is done for those that are cleansed of leprosy. So it's not just a priest thing to hear God's word, do God's work, and walk in God's way. But atonement is made for those that are cleansed from leprosy. Then there's also this procedure for cleansing houses. And at some point, hey, you maybe you have to replace some of the stones here in a house. Or at another point, this whole house is going to be condemned and it's going to be broken down and everything's going to be taken out to an unclean place. And we see also there's a ceremony for the cleansing of houses. Now, chapter 15 uh, is, well, it's it's pretty interesting. Uh, it goes through all of these different things and bodily discharges that make someone ceremonially unclean. Now, remember, God has to dwell among a clean people. So these were important rules. And you see, it sums it up at the end of the chapter in verse 31. Thus you shall keep the people of Israel separate from their uncleanness, lest they die in their uncleanness by defiling my tabernacle that is in their midst. So the tabernacle could not be defiled. Um, That would be deadly in its consequence. So here is all this protocol for the people to be clean. Okay, so what? Well, I want to highlight just a couple verses from the New Testament to help us think through this, especially chapter 15, when you see all of this uncleanness and you read that word discharge a frankly uncomfortable amount of times. It reminds me of the woman that we read about in Mark, uh, and in Mark chapter 5. And remember, Jesus is on his way to Jairus' house, and there is this great crowd around him. And in verse 25, it says, There is a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years. Now, Do you think a little differently about that against the backdrop of Leviticus? This woman was basically unclean, and that would have had all kinds of effects, not good ones, on her life for 12 years. What were you doing 12 years ago? That's a long time, and she is unclean for that entire amount of time and is unable to get well. And in fact, it says under the physicians, she had spent all of her money and she hadn't gotten better, but she'd gotten worse. Verse 27, she had heard the reports about Jesus and came up from behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, 
Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. What an amazing story. It's a moving story. This hopeless woman finds hope in Christ. And Christ shows a tenderness and a compassion to her. My friends, you and I are unclean. You and I do not deserve to be able to approach God. You and I, we will not survive walking with God. But guess what? We have a Savior who can take that which is unclean and make it clean. And those that come to Him in faith are not turned away or shamed. They are welcomed and they are given peace and healing. Do you know the cleansing that can only come through the Savior, Jesus Christ? And another verse that reminds me that we are all unclean, we are all sinful, is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Those that are really morally unclean, they're not going to make it into God's kingdom. Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. You, you check, I'm sure, multiple boxes there in what is mentioned will not inherit the kingdom of God, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. What an amazing bit of news that is. What what an encouragement that is. So as we read Leviticus 14 and 15, don't get lost in Let your eyes glaze over at all this conversation about leprosy or discharges. Remember the big picture of the book of Leviticus. How do we get to God? And how do we walk with God? We need to be clean. And let that turn your eyes to Jesus in faith. And if you haven't put your trust in Christ, do that today. And if you have, rejoice in the Savior that you have. You were filthy and He has cleansed you. What a good thing that is. And may you seek to walk then in that cleanliness. Remember the verse that we mentioned yesterday in 2 Timothy chapter 2. We want to put away what is unclean. Verse 22 of 2 Timothy 2. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. That's what we want to keep doing. God has cleansed us. We want to walk in that cleanliness. We want to be useful to the master of the house. So let's praise a God who has made a way where there was no way. That we are unclean. We do not deserve to be able to approach God. We do not deserve to be able to walk with God. But God, through Jesus Christ, has cleansed us. May we praise his name for that. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.